Hello, I'm Scott Soshnick. And I'm Michael Barr, and this is the Bloomberg Business of Sports podcast, where we explore the big money issues in the world of sports. Today, we begin with the Sweet 16 for the NCAA Men's Basketball Tournament. And I guess I can describe it like this. You remember the witch that was in The Wizard of Oz? And then Dorothy threw water on the wizard. I was going to say, I think, on, I think the there was witch, more than rather. one. There yeah. was the good witch, Glenda, and there was the bad witch. That was the one, no, the one where she threw the water on the, the bad house, witch. Yeah, the house fell on and the then, yeah. and then And then she melted. I, wait, no, no, say it in the voice of the of the witch. What a world, what a world, what a bracket, what a bracket. That's uh, my bracket. I thought you were going to say, I'm melting. Yeah, I'm melting. <laughs> that's, yes, <laughs> that's my bracket bracket. melted all away. I Virginia out by a 16th seed. You want to know the last time that happened? Here's the short answer. Never. Well, in the women's game, it happened. Harvard. Well, uh, yes. But yes, I agree. <laughs> but I'm talking about Hold where on, I can, got can money I, involved Can I quote in you it. on that? <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, there's so many upsets that have happened. I mean, my goodness. You know what, Barr? This is the deal. And I don't want to slam college basketball anymore. But this is what happens when the best players leave early all the time. You have finally reached a place where... Think of the teams, I'll tell you the ones I grew up watching. You don't have the four seniors led. If you ever had Duke with the four seniors, the Hurley, the Leitner, yep. the Hill, the, that team is not capable of losing to a 16. But you've gotten to a point where the best of the best who used to dominate those four, five, six, seven schools, whatever they were, you only needed four for four top seeds, they weren't going to lose to a 16. But you've gotten to the point now where the talent distribution is not great enough. The one, the 16, they're not that far apart, particularly when you have still you saw people leaving early from those top brand name schools. And at these 16s, mid-major, lower, whatever, and we'll get into UMBC, they have guys who stick around for four years. Right. That that really is closing the gap on the talent between what the two are used to be. Well, like you said, I mean, I grew up with the Fab Five watching Michigan. Always bringing Detroit yeah, and Michigan right. back. We might call a timeout when we shouldn't have, but hey. The referee didn't call it, so that's okay. <laughs> but I, I just wonder about TV ratings because I've never seen yeah. an NCAA tournament like this. TV executives love the upsets in the first and second round. However, they do not love 16 and 15s winning where the brand name schools like UVA, number one all year, where they're gone. They're praying North Carolina, out. They're praying Duke, please don't go anywhere. You know, the, Kentucky, please don't go anywhere. Duke's not going anywhere. Well, who do they have next? That's true. You're Thank right. Thank you. Well, yeah. I, the, the good luck charms, Bloomberg Business of Sports, John Wildack, the AD at Syracuse, comes on the show. His team, last team in, the very last team in, couple of wins in, Sweet 16 again. Yeah, I'm trying to think, when is the last time a quote-unquote play-in team got this far? Let me answer that. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. But so from the business perspective, though, the big winner right now, UMBC. Yes. Maryland, Baltimore County. Because how many people have flooded their website, their social media guy, by the way, or woman? No, it's a guy. Zach Seidel has done a textbook job on how to capitalize on a short window of attention. 
His tweets are getting people's attentions. He's including things like, hey, by the way, we've got an $85 million event center opening next year and still don't have That's a right. name sponsor. And for you high school kids who now know we're Maryland, Baltimore County, here's the admissions link. So they had like 5,000 followers on their Twitter feed going into the tournament. They're topping 110,000 now. This is how you capitalize. They've trademarked retrievers and 16 to 1 already. They've already trademarked it. This is how you do it. I have to admit, and no offense to Maryland, Baltimore County, I had to look up, okay, what did it stand for? Oh, really? You didn't know? I didn't know. You know what? And this, you know what made UMBC famous before this? Which is? Have you watched The Wire? Oh, where did Stringer Bell take his night courses? That's you know what I I didn't even put that together, man. Well, there, that's See, why I'm here. I know that. <laughs> <laughs> Stringer Bell <laughs> made UMBC yes, famous, thanks. and now the Retrievers basketball team has yeah. catapulted it to a whole new level. Thanks, Pookie. I appreciate it. You that. got it. <laughs> but I, but good luck to but, all the but teams. You know, wait, here's so another like, part. You want sports business? You know they're an Under Armour school. Kevin Plank's a Baltimore guy. He yeah. likes to. However. You know what they get for being an arm, uh, Under Armour school? Almost nothing. Like yeah. they get no money from their deal. They got a little like a better rate on some of the. They're still pay for the sneakers and the gear. Like this is in Kentucky where everything's free and they pay millions to the coaches. Let's see if that changes now. Well, they got yeah. I mean, this is a chance for them to build on their program. There's no yeah. no question that they got a lot of press out of this. Yeah, and and this is the power of this tournament for all those people who say like, oh, the one and done. This is why they do the one. This is the promotion. One game did this for this team. One. Now it's up to them to capitalize and see if they can keep the momentum going. There is some sad news we have to talk about, and that is the death of Tom Benson. Now, what does this mean for the Saints and Pelicans now? From what we think we know, nothing. That his estate planning was in place, ownership transferred to his third wife, Gail. But what we also know about the Benson is there's there has been some strife in the relationship between Benson's daughter and her children and Gail Benson. Right. So they had a settlement a few years ago, the terms of which were never released. At that time, as near as we could tell, the heirs had 60% of the NFL team and 95% of the NBA team. We don't know what they have now, but should they contest this will, this could get pretty ugly. Not saying they are, but we know there was strife before, and should they look in now and this gets ugly, could you imagine New Orleans, not a huge market, but an enticing city, an opportunity for somebody who may look to grab two professional sports teams, synergies, sponsorships, ticket sales, they work hand in hand. Well, this is why, among many reasons, like you said, why it can get nasty. Benson got the uh, New Orleans Pelicans in 2012. And he bought it from the league, interestingly enough. Right, yeah. at $70 million. Now the team is worth close to $2 billion. What is it, $70 million? Is that right? $70 million for the yeah, team. I thought he it paid was like, $70 million I thought it was like 200 and something. Okay. Well, apparently, according to... Because the NBA had taken control of the franchise, right. which they never wanted to do. Right. They wanted, and really, the only person it made sense for, I remember reporting it way back when, as soon as it came on the market, it was like, you know, who, who else is going to take it? It makes sense for him. You know what? I apologize. That's the Saints that he bought. Uh, there we go. Dollars. I think it was 200 or close right. to 300 million for the Pelicans. But even so, they're worth what now? 
and it's worth two billion. There now. you go. I mean, yeah, they've had some pretty. That's the Saints. There's no way the Pelicans are two billion dollars. The Saints are two billion. The Pelicans probably in the billion range, maybe a little bit under. But but so what? It's it's a an umbrella for both pro sports franchises. This kind of stuff doesn't come on the market very often. If you had the opportunity to grab two teams, that would be one heck of an interesting global auction to see who would jump in and try and get them. Buying an NBA team today, I just wonder now, It's do you get a bargain? It's it, it, Does the team increase in value? Have we hit a point now where we've hit the saturation point? Well, people, I mean, that's what everybody's asking, and we're, we're going to find out with the NFL and the Carolina Panthers, are they going to go for 2223, which would be book value, or are they going to go to for 262728 because the three or so bidders that are there and we know Joe Sy is there, you know, it's we know Michael Rubin from Joe Fanatics, they're all there. It's again man. Joe Sy is everywhere. You know, he bought the Nets for 3 or 2.3 billion an NBA record 2.3 billion dollar valuation with the media contracts the way they're going. Up up up. And with the ability to scale digital content, whether it's highlights, whether it's in-game cut-ins, whether it's last 30 seconds minute of a game, the NBA has some great global prospects. And the thought of the interest waning in that sport, not very high right now. So if you're if you're trying to get in, now might be a good time, even though, of course, it's like real estate in some places. Yeah, don't you don't you hate the stories when you hear somebody tell you, "Oh, yeah, we bought that Tribeca penthouse in 1972 for $58,000 and <laughs> back know, when kitchens yeah, were yellow." Yeah, yeah, you, you know. <laughs> uh, or people in the meatpacking district before there was the high line and all the high-end shops, some of those folks it's the same with the sports. You know, that that's it. You you were lucky to buy the property way back when you have no debt it's all paid off the and the appreciation has just gone boffo and now you're in for cash day let's talk about meredith they are trying to sell several magazines from time fortune money and the one that we really care about sports illustrated do you still have a soft spot in your heart for si yes i do i do too i do too even though and i i don't want to make be too judgmental i i'm not really sure i saw that the the long form is what people want these days i and pretty much we know the most profitable issue is the swimsuit issue um but it is and it always has been and is and will continue to be a dominant brand people know what sports illustrated is it's a great brand so who wants it and what would you do what would you do with sports illustrated if you were the buyer, I think the biggest thing is to expand even more online. Digital, how, right? Yeah. It's, it's got to be all digital. Yeah, that's that's how people are reading these days. I, I mean, I have to. Yes, I mean, you, I, you read different papers. You read the Wall Street Journal. You read the New York Times, and you read all. But I do it all online. I do it digitally. It's and that's what I think Sports Illustrated has to do. Yeah, and Meredith paid about two billion dollars for Time Inc. And like you mentioned, some of the other properties. Now it's time to see if they're going to spin off. And Meredith is very heavy in brands that are female-focused, so I'm not sure if SI fits in that very heavy female-focused portfolio. Um, they've hired a bank. They've hired some advisors. Um, you look around at who might be interested. Someone I know, Jay Penske, who has recently acquired The Rob Report, who has recently required, acquired 
Rolling Stone, you, uh, Us Weekly, Men's Journal. This would fit nicely in his portfolio. Question is, does he have the money after all these acquisitions? He just had an investment from a foreign source. Maybe it's something he looks at. Another thing, though, is if you're trying to sell all of these magazines, it, are you, do you buy it all in a bundle or do you sell it separately? Uh, I mean, I guess you take what you can. You're not going to have the same buyer for Sports Illustrated as Fortune. I mean, the others are all sort of similar in the finance world. SI is, to me, a special pullout standout. Somebody who's looking to really drive some sort of sports recognition in their portfolio. It, again, it's a brand. People know it. It's what can you do with it now? And I am 100% behind your idea. You have got to push digital offerings. Whether video, live short form video from SI would be great. At a time when everybody, all the leagues, all the teams are pumping us with, with short clips and athletes and behind the scenes. And man, who better than SI to, to pull back the curtain on pro sports and take you inside. It's always been about the pictures, the view, the seeing. It's always been about that. Yes, the words that are going the long form, but maybe you do long form video too, but it's, it, it's about that. It's about that yesteryear love for SI. Speaking of yesteryear I knew you were going to I knew you were going to do it. This is why we're partners, for you. Fila has re-signed Beyond Borg, who, remember back in the day, way back in the 70s through 86, this handsome double man was just the brand Long face. hair, bandana. Yeah, beyond board. The sweatsuit. Did you have a Fila sweatsuit? Yes, I did. I had a Fila sweatsuit. We yes, should one day, We should come in together if, if we can find them. I mean, Dina <laughs> has female. <laughs> I said female. Fila has Fila sneakers. There we go. See, so we should all come. It should be Fila day. I, I, mine has a hole in the knee, though. Mine has a hole I, in both knees, I'm sure. I, I, it, was I, a, it was the light blue satin. It was nice. I fell one day and I was trying to run and... Well, and I can't get up. You, <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is the Bloomberg Business of Sports podcast. I'm Mike Labar along with Scott Sosnick. We're here each and every Monday and Friday exploring the world of money and sports. You're listening to Bloomberg Business of Sports on Bloomberg Radio around the world and online as an Apple podcast on iTunes. 